Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Crisis of Crime. I'm your host, Rachel Means, and I'm a criminologist. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing a more scientific side of criminology, mainly having to do with trauma and its effect on our brains. I do want to warn listeners that I will be discussing topics that could be triggering to some. This includes child abuse. But first, I want to give a big shout out to all my listeners and supporters for helping Crisis of Crime be selected as one of the top 30 criminal justice podcasts on the web in 2020 by Feedspot. It's an honor to be recognized, and I thank you all for your support. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. I want to start with the study that changed everything. It was called the Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACE study. It was performed in 1995 through 1997 by the Center for Disease Control, or the CDC, and Kaiser Permanente. The purpose of the study was to gauge the effects of adverse childhood experiences to physical health and mental health outcomes in adulthood. Before the study was done, the medical research community was not aware of how detrimental the effects of childhood trauma were or that they were capable of not only affecting people in their mental health, but also their physical health. The study had 17,421 participants who were mostly middle-class Caucasians that were educated and financially stable. The study consisted of 10 equally weighted yes or no questions. For each question that the subject answered yes, A point was added to their score, therefore participants could receive between a 0 and a 10 on their test. The 10 questions on the test inquired about different types of trauma that a child can experience at home, so we're going to go through each one. If you'd like to take the test yourself, I've put a link in the description. Question 1 is inquiring about emotional abuse. Did a parent or another adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt. The second question is inquiring about physical abuse. Did a parent or another adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you, or ever hit you so hard it left a mark or you were injured? Question three is inquiring about sexual abuse. Did an adult or a person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touch their body in a sexual way or attempt or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal intercourse with you? Question four is inquiring about abandonment. Did you ever often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought that you were important or special? or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other. Question 5 is inquiring about neglect. Did you ever often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you? Or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? Question 6 is inquiring about divorce. Were your parents ever separated or divorced before your 18th birthday? Question 7 is inquiring about domestic abuse. Was your parent or guardian often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at them, or sometimes often or very often kicked, bitten, hit with a fist, or hit with something hard, 
or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife. Question 8 is inquiring about substance abuse. Did you ever live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used street drugs? Question 9 is inquiring about mental illness. Was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? And finally, question 10 is inquiring about incarceration. Did a household member ever go to jail or prison? The results of the study were profound. The researchers were shocked by their findings, specifically for the demographics that they were surveying. 87% of all subjects had a score of at least one, and one out of every six had a score of four or more. With a score of four or more, subjects were two and a half times more likely to develop chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, and hepatitis. They were also four and a half times more likely to develop depression and 12 times more likely to have suicidal ideations. Furthermore, they were seven times more likely to develop alcoholism. And with a score of six or more, subjects were three times more likely to develop lung cancer and heart disease. This was the beginning foundation of using childhood experiences to predict health outcomes in adulthood. So why does this happen? Well, when a child experiences trauma, it can affect brain development and alter brain physiology. As I mentioned in the first section, the ACE study was performed between 1995 and 1997. Since then, the way that children are experiencing childhood has changed dramatically, specifically in regards to social media, the internet, and school violence. These aspects have become a large component of life for children, and they need to be assessed along with trauma in the household to get a more accurate picture of their adverse childhood experiences. Children spend seven hours a day, five days a week in the classroom, or at least they did before COVID started. This is a significant portion of their lives and opens up opportunities for adverse experiences that can significantly affect them. The two main adverse experiences in question are bullying and gun violence. Statistics on bullying suggest that 60% of middle school students and 20% of all children have experienced bullying. Suicide is the third leading cause of death in young individuals, and a child who experiences bullying is two to nine times more likely to consider suicide. Additionally, on the average day, 160,000 children stay home from school to avoid being bullied. The threat of gun violence at school is an ever-looming fear of most students today. The effect of gun violence can be direct or indirect. A direct effect would be if a student experienced an active shooter situation at their school firsthand. An indirect effect would be if a student is told about an active shooter situation, whether through a friend or relative, or hearing about it on the news or social media. Bullying and gun violence can cause students to feel angry, depressed, and anxious. They can also experience withdrawal and disassociation. Another side effect is desensitization to violence and continued violence. Studies show that students who experience violence at school have lower academic and career aspirations. In addition, many students have trouble concentrating in class and have an observable decline in academic performance. 
This is not surprising considering the effects of childhood trauma on the developing brain. School violence has also been shown to increase delinquency, risky sexual behaviors, and substance abuse in adolescents and teenagers. With the rise of social media and internet presence, the instances of cyberbullying have increased. Cyberbullying is when technologies such as cell phones, email, chat rooms, or social media are used to send threatening or intimidating messages. Another form of cyberbullying is to share private messages or photos over the internet without consent. Studies show that school violence can result in psychosomatic disorders as well. This occurs when psychological issues make physical illnesses worse. Examples of this are eczema, high blood pressure, and stomach ulcers. As mentioned before in our first section, the factors included in the ACE test can lead to serious health problems such as lung cancer and heart disease. So the purpose of my question here is to assess if school violence causes similar health outcomes in adulthood as those revealed by the ACE study. The ACE study encapsulated all factors that could cause childhood trauma at home, but neglected to consider childhood trauma at school. So I propose an addendum be made to the ACE questionnaire to account for adverse experiences at school. So the first question would be inquiring about bullying. Were you ever often or very often physically bullied at school, such as being hit, pushed, shoved, slapped, kicked, spit on, beat up, or had property stolen? Or were you ever often or very often verbally bullied at school, such as being called names, teased hurtfully, insulted, humiliated, or threatened? Or were you ever often or very often bullied through cyber or electronic means, such as threatened, personally attacked, embarrassed, gossiped about, or had your private messages, emails, or photos shared? The second question would inquire about gun violence. Were you ever directly or indirectly affected by an active shooter situation at school in a way that made you fear for your life, for your friends' lives, or for the lives of your school staff? These questions encapsulate the different types of bullying a student may face, whether it's physical, emotional, or cyber. And the second question in regards to active shooters needs to capture both the direct and indirect effects of gun violence. The reason is because even though it may not happen to a student firsthand, they can still develop post-traumatic stress symptoms. If a student goes to school every day in fight-or-flight mode because they are in fear that their school will be the next target of an active shooter, the psychological effects can be damaging and should be accounted for here. I know this episode was a little different. It wasn't directly about criminology, but it certainly is a topic that comes up quite a bit in this field of study. So I want to know your thoughts. Have any of you witnessed what trauma can do to someone's life, or perhaps you've experienced it yourself? Let me know your thoughts on Twitter. You can find me at Crisis of Crime. You can also visit my website at crisisofcrime.com, and there you'll also find a link to my Patreon page if you are interested in supporting the podcast and the YouTube channel. Speaking of my YouTube channel, if you are interested in hearing extended content on this subject, check out my latest video titled, Your Trauma is Affecting You More Than You Think, Here's Why and What You Can Do About It. In this video, I discuss how trauma actually affects our brain physiology and what we can do to help heal from it. 
The beginning may be a little repetitive as I'm briefly discussing the ACE study again, but I promise if you stick around, you'll learn some really interesting information about how our brain reacts to trauma and what we can do to start the healing process. Thank you all so much for spending some time with me today, and until next time, this has been Crisis of Crime.